Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bible Quest. This is the Tuesday edition where we talk with you about the Bible and its relevance for today, every Tuesday at 2. My name is Justin Doms, and let me invite you to interact with us live. You can use the live chat on YouTube. We'll be watching that throughout today's discussion. If you have other questions or comments after our discussion today, uh, we want to hear from you. We want to talk with you about the things that are important to you as we help you in your journey with the Lord and knowing his word. Today we have with us Scott Smelser. How are you doing today, Scott? Justin, I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm tired, but I'm doing well, thank God. Yeah. Um, my wife is currently out of town, and so I'm trying to, I'm burning it to both ends, but she's doing good where she is. Um, she'll be back soon, Lord willing. But yeah, things are going well, thank God. Um, so we've got on, on schedule for us a continued discussion in the book of Proverbs. Uh, last time, uh, you and Jeremy and I discussed about half of Proverbs 6. Uh, but today we're going to be in Proverbs 6, verse 20. Um, this is this is a section that deals with, my Bible calls, the, the strange or the forbidden woman. And Scott, I feel like I've been here before. Um, I mean, we're going to be in chapter 6, and then chapter 7 is going to talk about her again. Uh, we were just here in Proverbs 5. What, why, why does the book of Proverbs deal with this particular topic so much? Well, a couple of things right off the bat. I would say it's written to young men. Uh, and so this is one of the key things to focus on. I, but I think it's also if you're if you're studying with your daughter or a group of young ladies, just flip it. You know, this is a conversation kind of from a father to a son. Flip it, you know, and you know, say a mom or a dad is talking to their daughter, warning them about the guys that are like this, the, the same principles are going to apply. But also but just also, think how destructive it is, how many, you know, lives we've seen destroyed and messed up, uh, children hurt, marriages destroyed, um, relationships busted. It's stupid but common yeah. behavior. Yeah, and and in our country right now, there's a, a lot of debate going on around uh, protecting uh, reproductive rights, which is just a terrible misnomer anyway, because it's not about reproductive rights at all. It's um, it's about wanting to engage in uh, pleasurable behavior with no consequences, uh, and so it just it still is really messy besides just the resulting children that could come from this. But it's just people get tangled up and emotionally scarred and physically scarred. Um, this is the answer to those sorts of things. Uh, by the way, Hamas, when they went into Israel and were murdering those children, that was not a re reproductive rights issue. Mm. Babies were being killed and... That's what goes on in this country all the time. Yeah, and they, they call it health care. It's not healthy. It, it's not obviously it's not healthy for the child, and it's certainly not healthy for uh, the mother or for the father. Um, God God's design is really really good. So I, I think one of the things that I've seen here uh, is it's not just about sexual promiscuity, but it's about learning to trust that God's ways are good. That God ways, God's ways really are pleasurable. That there are blessings in it. Uh, that there are dangers and disasters waiting for us if we try to just pursue pleasure for its own sake. 
uh, and, and we're, we're cheating ourselves of the richer blessings that God would give us. So how about we, we pick up reading here, Proverbs 6, verse 20. I can read down through verse 36. Let's do a couple of comments before we get into that. One is what you just said is, is in Deuteronomy 6. God's commandments are for our good always. And if you look at Genesis 2, 24, that's something good. Um, and it was not good for Adam to be alone. He's given Eve and it was good. Proverbs says, who find, he who finds wife finds a good thing. But God's good things get perverted in the ways of Satan. Satan is not a creator. He's a perverter. And so here's something good, the relationship between a husband and wife, and here's all these perversions of it. Uh, and another thing I just want to say about Proverbs before we continue in this is real quickly for, for our audience and listeners later. Proverbs is such a good book for a number of reasons. It's good for us. It's good for us to remember these principles. It's good for us to teach our children these principles. I would also like to recommend if you have a chance to get a neighborhood Bible study going or something, this is a great book. Um, it's not going to teach them everything they need to know, but it's a book. agnostics or atheists or something to start looking at oh that's really interesting there what the bible says if you're ever studying with prisoners and this is a great book uh, and they're going to relate to some of this because they're like oh yeah <laughs> yeah they're going to see a lot of those mistakes so really good book all right let's go ahead yeah yeah, yeah appreciate that so proverbs 6 verse 20 my son keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the teaching a light. And the reproofs of discipline are the way of life to preserve you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the adulteress. Do not desire her beauty in your heart. And do not let her capture you with her eyelashes. For the price of a prostitute is only a loaf of bread. But a married woman hunts down a precious life. Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? Or can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? So is he who goes in to his neighbor's wife. None who touches her will go unpunished. People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his appetite when he's hungry. But if he's caught, he will pay sevenfold. He will give all the goods of his house. He who commits adultery lacks sense. He who does it destroys himself. He will get wounds and dishonor, and his disgrace will not be wiped away. For jealousy makes a man furious, and he will not spare when he takes revenge. He will accept no compensation. He will refuse, though you multiply gifts. So introducing this, verse 20 through 24, uh, this is just general stuff. Uh, and, and we could take this and just apply it anywhere uh, I really appreciate how he's repeating things that he's already said before. As a parent, um, I know all of your kids are out of the house, but what you probably taught each of them, like you had a list of things that you wanted to make sure they knew for the guy out of the house, and you just taught them each of those things one time, right? No. <laughs> 
<laughs> you had to teach them. I mean, and I'm not the kid. You know, we. Why do we take the Lord's Supper every Sunday? Do yeah. this in remembrance. It's not right. like we're learning for the first time, and then we don't need to be reminded. Human beings need to be reminded. There's yeah. distraction. So, so he talks about, you know, he used the language back in chapter three, bind them on your heart, you know, so that this isn't just teaching that we know kind of academically, but it's near to our desires. You know, we're, we're letting this shape our will. Um, and, and the benefit of those things in verse 22 is it's like they are a lamp uh, to our way. We were able to see where we're going. That's really, really nice. You know, if I don't have God's wisdom, I'm walking through life in the dark. Yeah. Now you take that and apply that in a lot of different ways. Um, by the way, one one question before we jump into this strange woman uh, topic: Have you found any ways that have been especially helpful to you when you think about? Because I, I know memory work has been important to you, and uh, I know you've done exercises with guys before. I, I think I walked in on you uh, where you had an open Bible and you were just reading a passage, and the guys had to like just tell you what book and chapter it was in. Um, what are some ways that you've found that are helpful, not just in knowing scripture really well, but in trying to get it implanted in your heart where you, you really want? Yeah. Well, first I'll comment on that. I really wasn't working on memory work there. Verse memorization. Verse memorization is good, but I've never emphasized verse memorization. What I've emphasized is book learning learn the book uh and I'll, I'll say just a word or two about that um let's take a movie you probably know the movie princess bride right right okay so when i say anybody want a peanut you know exactly who said it and where he is right uh, uh have fun storming the castle right you Remember who, who, who the, the time in the movie, you know, you can place it because you watched it and you learned the story. Right. And take the script and memorize it. Right. But you learn the story. So what I try to emphasize is instead of learning a bunch of proof texts or memorizing a bunch of proof texts, learn a book. If it's a narrative, there's a story. And if it's an epistle, there's a story behind it. And once you learn the story behind it and then learn the book, now it's a narrative. And so you might not be able to quote it. You might not remember if it's verse 17 or 18, but you know, oh, that's at the end of chapter three. That it's the beginning of chapter six. Um, that was a tangent. But uh, coming back to your question, if we don't put it into our heart, how does the Sermon on the Mount end? He who hears these words of mine and doesn't do them, right? Is like He's a foolish. Man. Yeah, yeah. James says, "Be doers of the word and not hearers only." He's echoing his brother's words, uh, deceiving yourselves. And if we take facts and we say, "Oh, look at all these facts I learned," yeah doesn't do any good if we don't do that. I think that's an excellent point. Is one of the best ways to, to work on not just memory work, which I, I work on memorizing passages with my kids, um, which by the way, little little help is if you want to memorize scripture and you have kids, 
work on helping them to memorize it and then you'll memorize it too. Uh, kids are really good at that. But I, I love the idea that it's not just about knowing the verses, but if we would read the Bible uh, knowing that I, I was going to then put that into practice, like making plans to, okay, I just came in for my Bible reading and now I'm going to get busy doing it today. Um, I think we'd read it differently. I was with my kids this morning at a, at a basketball practice and one of the coaches was going over a drill with some of the other kids and another kid was over on the sideline and they're just kind of, you know, daydreaming and staring off. And I went up behind the kid and said, Hey, why don't you listen? Like you're about to be out there doing it. You know, they're not just going over it for them. They're going yeah. over it for you too. And so if we would listen, like we're about to go out and do it, we probably listen better. Yeah. All right. So all of this is kind of leading up to like just reminders. Hey, you need to listen. Make sure you're paying attention. Hold these truths deeply in your heart. Want them. They're good for you. They're especially good for you because they preserve you from the evil woman and the adulteress. It's like, come on, dad. You've been here before. But look, don't desire her beauty in your heart. Verse 21 and verse 25, you've got the the word of wisdom that's bound around the heart and here you have the desire so he says be on guard against these desires that will even make her attractive to you in the first place um and then she's got all these things at work that could make her really desirable um her eyelashes uh you know her beauty how cheaply you can have her but still there's there's danger here um, yeah. And here it looks like he's talking more about the woman who has a husband. Um, this can just destroy a man, destroy a family. Um, you have yeah. any thoughts about that? And you can destroy yourself. Uh, there's a lot of guys in prison because, you know, they found another man with their, their wife or found out that another man's uh, seen his wife. Now, if you go into a man's garage and you're trying to take his lawnmower and he comes home, you're not in a good spot. But if he comes home and you're with his wife, you're in a lot worse spot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so verse 32, uh, he who commits adultery lacks sense. He who does it destroys himself. Um, you've probably counseled people who are in situations like this. And I remember some time ago I was working with a, a family where it just kept coming out, kept coming out. He had just committed adultery after adultery after adultery. And uh, it just, she forgave him. Uh, and it's one of those like, uh, I'm glad you're working on being forgiving. Uh, but he had just caused so much wreckage in his home because of his selfishness and, and not practicing the discipline that says this, this isn't good. God's way is better. And I can, I can just tell myself, no. Yeah. And, and I've seen people get just so once you get involved in a situation like that, you're not thinking with your head. You're thinking emotionally and hormonally. And some of the stupidest decisions that people make and so self-destructive. Just don't go down that road. Yeah. Uh, let's. There might be somebody listening to this 
So if you are, if you're a married man or a young man that's going to be married at some point or a married woman, uh, one that's going to be married at some point, there's a high chance that sometime during your marriage, there's going to be individuals interested in a relationship with you in violation of the covenant that you made with your spouse. And for guys, a lot of times that the, the ego becomes involved. Yeah. They're flattered that this woman desires him, even though he's married. And lots of times ego is a part of it. Sometimes with a woman, it's she's not having as much communication with her husband as she would like. He's not listening as much as she would like. And she meets a guy online, and guess what? He's listening and listening and listening. Now, he may be lying and lying and lying about who he is and what kind of person he is and how much money he makes or and a lot of other things, but he's listening. And, and people get, just stop and think for a second. If somebody goes outside of their marriage, and we're going to back up in a section because before it says don't be with her, it says don't desire her beauty. Right. Don't capture you. So I want to, Jesus is going to say, fornication, you know, these things start in the heart. Right. Talk about that in a minute. But let's say somebody's let it get in their heart and, and they start flirting. They start maybe, well, they'll go out to lunch with this person or, and one thing leads to another. And they might think, well, I can just play with this a little bit and it'll be okay. No. One, it's, yeah. It's a violation of your covenant. It's it's egregious. It's it's rebellion. It's wickedness. You're you're doing exactly the everything that you promised. You know when your wife's parents gave you her hand in marriage, right. and which was before God. Um, but also, if it goes badly, how stupid and guilty you're going to feel, and if it goes well, in the sense that you both enjoyed the relationship, you're going to want to repeat it. Mm. So there's, yeah, it, it's not like if you're on a diet, you might say, you know, today I'm going to have one serving of ice cream to just treat myself. Okay. <laughs> no crime, no foul. This, no, this is just asking for disaster on one level. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's an excellent point. Um, relationships that started with adultery. I mean, it's just such an insecure foundation for that relationship. Because how do you know that your your new partner isn't going to then do the exact same thing to you? Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a disaster all around. It's interesting, verse uh, verse 25 and 26, we, we would think that we're in the position of, of consuming and desiring, not realizing that on the other end of this, this sin is hunting me down. In verse 25, don't desire her beauty. Do not let her capture you. Yeah. Verse 26, you know, she hunts down a precious life. Um, sin makes us think that we're the ones who are hunting down desire and we, we've caught it. But then we're the ones who've been caught. And it's like the Venus flytrap. Where it's got the little sweet nectar inside, yeah, and then you grab it and then you you're gone. Um, back to Proverbs one, 
a bird when it sees you spreading the net. Right. A bird with a brain this big is smart enough to know <laughs> not to go there. But the sinner, it's like he's he's laying a trap for himself. Right. Now, I want to ask a little bit about uh, this idea with a loaf of bread. Um, let's say the one who steals. Uh, yeah. So verse 30. Verse 30. People who not despise the a thief. People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his appetite when he's hungry. Have you ever heard before that um, just like we get thirsty and we get hungry, that that sex is a not just a desire, a physical desire, but a physical need? Well, and that's the idea of the Greeks that Paul quotes from them in First Corinthians six. Food uh, for the body, uh, you know. Food for the belly, belly is for food. Uh, and the implication there in the Greek mind is sexual organs are for sex. And so sex is for the sexual organs. And so you should just do this and, and meet this need. And so Paul there, a number of times in First Corinthians, he's quoting from either their letter or their philosophy and thinking. And he says, but the body is not for fornication. Uh, Paul would have died. He needed, you know, food to survive. Paul didn't need uh, a sexual relationship right. to survive. Nor Jeremiah, nor Jesus. Um, and 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 coming back, I want to say uh, just a couple more things back here on verse twenty-five. Uh, have you ever heard people say on the Sermon on the Mount that? In the Old Testament, the action was condemned, but the New Testament condemns the motive also. So yeah, those people Old aren't reading the Old Testament. Testament. <laughs> yeah, 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 they're not reading the Old Testament. Because, yes, the Old Testament said don't commit adultery, but just a few verses down it said don't covet your neighbor's wife. Right. And that don't desire her beauty in your heart. Don't get started that way. And you made a point a minute ago about the person that you're getting involved in an adulterous relationship. Uh, what kind of person would that be and how could you trust him with an unstable relationship? I remember one time talking to this girl. She was having an affair, she'd been having an affair, and her husband found out about it. And she's out of the house, she's over at another location. Um He'd been, and oftentimes the man will tell the woman, I'm going to get a divorce. Mm. You know, we, you know, we'll be together soon. Or, you know, he talks one way to her and he's, he's not telling the truth. Um, but she gets the idea that he really loves her. Well, both spouses found out about it. Um, and the husband over here found out about it. The wife over here found out about it. Felt it was kind of prominent in the community. And she thought he would choose her. He didn't. You know, he was using her. Mm. But when it came out, he went back to his wife. If he'd left his wife, that's going to be very, very expensive for him. Right. He's going to lose custody, probably primary custody of his children. He's going to lose all this money in alimony. And so all of a sudden, something had to be tossed. And guess what got tossed? She did. 
the adulterous wife. Mm. But she's sitting there at a friend's house and she hasn't gone back to her husband who wanted her to repent. She can't go to the man because he's chosen his wife over her. And I went and talked to her. I said, I I've never met this guy. I don't know. But I know one thing about him. He doesn't respect marriage. Right. He didn't respect your marriage. And he didn't respect his marriage. The wife that he said he was in love with. And then in front of a bunch of people, he said his wedding vows. And it asked her to be his bride. That woman, he didn't respect his marriage to her. He right. didn't respect her marriage. If you had ended up with it, if he said, yeah, yeah. Who did you just, you know? Yeah. If I take a cross-country trip, you know, and I know a car has a bad transmission, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going. Right. No, no, yeah. Yeah, better not to be married. Than to, to marry someone that's that's not going to take the marriage seriously um yeah and, and this 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 whole relationship could be a blessing if you just do it god's way um one more point to make about this uh, this idea of the appetite even if even if fulfilling sexual desire were a physical need which i think you make an excellent point paul didn't die from being a single man um but even if you can make the argument that it's this this overwhelming desire if you steal food um people don't despise him but verse 31 if he's caught he's still going to pay sevenfold so there's still consequences to those decisions uh if you steal your neighbor's wife or if you steal uh, and today, make the application to online. You 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 steal the the physical fulfillment through someone who's not your wife online. Um, there's going to be a consequence. You may not see it immediately, but there's going to be a punishment involved, and you can just count on it. You'll get wounds. You'll get dishonor. You'll get disgrace. Uh, and and there's nothing that is going to hold it back. Um, those are consequences that that we store up when we just flagrantly go into sin. So uh, you can really, 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 really have a strong desire, but that doesn't make sin okay. And, and again, like you said, this relationship, the man-wife relationship could be a wonderful thing, but it's when it's, we pervert God's plan that we end up with all these disasters. Yeah. Uh, there was a survey done, it was in the news earlier this year. I've got it somewhere in my files. I believe it was done... No, it was done around the world. Thousands of people interviewed around the world. And they found that the most, in this part of life, the most satisfied people were conservative religious people. And this was done in different countries, even okay. including, I guess, different religions and stuff. Um, and especially the difference showed up in women. Really? The, just conservative women were more satisfied in in this part of life than the others and it, it talked a little bit of it and they interviewed thousands of people um and but some of the reasons why if you just stop and think about there's more security yeah um you can better give yourself to someone that you know loves you mm. 
someone that you think is cheating on you or going to cheat on or there's there's just all sorts of reasons that god's way is just better yeah and ultimately it's not even people dependent you know the, the fact is i have not been the husband that i ought to have been to my wife um i i've made some really strong promises the day of our wedding and i have tried to keep those but i look back at those from time to time we, we've got a copy of our vows framed so we can see it regularly um and it hurts to read honestly because i look at it and um i i will i will strive to selflessly tire uh, tire selflessly and tirelessly serve you um boy i, I failed that a lot but she's not looking to me for her ultimate security and and i'm not looking to her for my ultimate fulfillment uh, and that that is such a blessing and and it actually empowers us to serve each other better uh, adultery is a a quick out it doesn't ultimately satisfy and there are all these consequences piled on top of it yeah, yeah. And, and let's also say this there's no such thing that I, I know of as the perfect husband or the perfect wife. Right. But a good husband realizes, I've been being impatient with my wife today. Then he corrects that. Yeah. Uh, I've been understanding of her. Then it's time to correct that. And but when you violate the covenant to adultery, it's not. It, it, it can be forgiven and rectified, but it's, it, it's a, you know, it's uh, today I got my thumbnail bit backwards. So that's an injury. Uh, it's a little bit different than, you know, having your a compound fracture in your leg. Right. You know, some injuries take a lot more to get over. Yeah. Uh, but but the, the apologies and moving forward, Somebody put on the internet yesterday a thing. It was really good. It said, marriage is hard, you know, and violating marriage is hard. You know, uh, basically it just listed a number of things that um, like uh, taking care of yourself physically is mm. hard. Abusing yourself physically is hard. Choose which hard path you want to take right right because and and i put it this way sometimes if you go through life making the easy decisions you will have a hard life yes yeah if you go through your life doing the hard things you will have a easier life yes you'll have problems challenges but choose which hard life you want the the person that does the hard choices that says, you know, I'll owe my wife an apology. I haven't treated her right today. And you apologize and you, you make up for that. You focus better. Uh, well, that, that takes some humility and some extra attention and time, but that improves your relationship. You're right. Right. Yeah. Um, my wife and I are getting along. That girl at work has been, you know, kind of flirting with me. I think I'm going to meet up with her. You're asking for a bunch of hardship in your life. 
don't don't choose that way. Don't choose the the stupid stupid way of making the upfront easy decision that invites disaster. That's exactly what we have in this chapter. Instead, do the hard things that just make that please God, that honor our spouses, and guess who ends up benefiting? We do. Yeah. Yeah. But let's make it about serving God and serving the spouse. Go ahead. Let's look into seven for seven here because it flows right in for seven verses one through five. My son, keep my words, treasure up my commandments with you, keep my commandments and live. Keep my teaching as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers, write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, You are my sister, and call insight your intimate friend to keep you from the forbidden woman and the adulteress with her smooth words. So here we go again. Uh, I, I love how back in chapter six, wisdom, the commandment of the father, was seen as sort of a lamp. Um, I don't feel too attached um, personally with a flashlight, um, but wisdom is like that. But you move from the impersonal to the very personal in chapter seven, verse four. Wisdom is like my sister. You know, she's to be my companion, and I, I need her in my life. Uh, so, verse six, at the window of my house. I've looked out through my lattice, and I've seen among the simple, I've perceived among the youths a young man lacking sense, passing along the street near her corner, taking the road to her house in the twilight, in the evening, at the time of night and darkness. And behold, the woman meets him, dressed as a prostitute, wily of heart. She's loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home. Now in the street, now in the market, and at every corner she lies in wait. She seasons him kisses him with bold face she says to him i had to offer sacrifices and today i've paid my vows so now i've come out to meet you to seek you eagerly and i have found you i've spread my couch with coverings colored linens from egyptian linen i've perfumed my bed with myrrh aloes and cinnamon come let us take our fill of love till morning let us delight ourselves with love for my husband is not at home he's gone on a long journey he took a bag of money with him. At full moon, he'll come home. With much seductive speech, she persuades him. With her smooth talk, she compels him. All at once, he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a stag is caught fast till an arrow pierces its liver, as a bird rushes into a snare. He does not know that it will cost him his life. And now, O oh sons, listen to me and be attentive to the words of my mouth. Let not your heart Turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. For many a victim has she laid low, and all her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is the way to Sheol, going down to the chambers of death. You know, probably, so Justin, compare, compare this woman and this husband with the Proverbs 31 woman and what it says about her husband. Oh. What does it say about the, the Proverbs 31 one? Yeah, I was just looking at the comparison between chapter uh, 7 and 6, but you're looking even more broadly. Yeah, in Proverbs 31, the heart of her husband safely trusts her. Yeah. And what a better place he is. What a Man. better place she is. This poor guy here, he's got to go on a business trip. The dope. <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah, this is 
she's completely untrustworthy. Yeah. No. And and so this young fella here, how how's the young fella described? Um, he's just, you know, he's not he's not pursuing evil. He's not just like looking for trouble. He's just sort of aimlessly wandering through life and happens to stumble upon an opportunity to sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, you know, if if she hadn't approached him, you know, he might have gone and pumped some water and, and gone and, you know, watered his vegetable garden or, or done some work or something. But no, here she comes. And like a ox to the slaughter. I mean, she's he's I look a, a young fellow lacking sense. This guy's stupid. He's playing stupid games. He's going to win stupid prizes. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't realize how destructive it's going to be. And of course, the things that are appealing here is there's it talks about how she's dressed. It yes. talks about the enticing things she says. Now, this is going to appeal to him physically. Yeah. Hormonally, it's also going to appeal to his ego. Yeah, she's 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 wanting to spend time with me. Yeah, yeah, and it makes him feel special. And and she's assertive, right? She she's a little aggressive. You know, he doesn't yeah. have to initiate. And I, um, I was talking with a, a young man recently, young Christian. He was talking about biblical masculinity, godly masculinity. And and there are times when women have to initiate different things. You, you think of Ruth, for example, right? She she initiates there that relationship with Boaz, and then he realizes, and then he takes over. He leads. Um, Abigail, right? She initiates saving her her foolish husband Nabal. Um, there are times where women do step in, but generally speaking, God has made men to initiate. And so in this relationship, the woman pursues him and it, it stands out so much. It's kind of exciting. Oh, she she's aggressive. She's the one initiating the kind of attention. And it is very flattering. She's jumping on him, kissing him, you know, batting her eyes. I've got everything ready. You know, she's asking him out on this date. And then afterward, you come over to my house. Yeah. And 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 that can make a guy feel, wow, I'm really special. Right. Let me see. Then it's no, you're not. <laughs> you're you're me. Are her slang? Yeah, it's 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 like a fisherman, you know, out there catching bass again, you know, and this is going to be bass, you know, four hundred and twelve or whatever. Yeah, he's trying to catch you, but it's not that he's that interested in you. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be used and thrown aside. Yeah. Um, many a victim has she laid low. One time I was talking to a young man, so he was flirting with the girl at work and she was super trashy and dressing super trashy on purpose. And they're writing notes back and forth about how hot they look and everything. The wife finds the note. Yeah. They come and talk to me and he says, what is the most ridiculous this self-centered thing. Yeah, remember how the adultery is with her smooth, seductive speech. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, back in Proverbs five, you know, her lips drip like honey. Right. So he's sitting there. You think he would just be ashamed, and he goes, 
Well, most guys, you know, don't understand what it's like to be young and handsome. <laughs> so in his mind, he's just he's just so desirable. He's quite a catch, right? Yeah, he's he's quite a catch. And and naturally this woman's and what I try to tell young men is no, that type of woman, if you ignore her, if you walk away, if you say I'm married or I'm Christian or whatever, and you want she is not brokenhearted. No. No. She is she is not <laughs> she is over you in a second because these same lines that she's throwing around, it's like a fisherman that he's got a bunch of trot lines and he's fishing out of both sides of the boat. He's seeing what will catch. Right. Yeah. And if that one got away, that doesn't break his heart. He's just going to throw the lure, hoping for a stupider fish, you know, fish uh, stupid enough to bite the hook over here. Yeah. And, and you see the same sort of thing uh, online where um, men and women, and you said we can flip this, right? We can we can talk about men and women here, but but people online put themselves out there physically uh, yes. and get thousands of followers, yes. uh, even people who will send them money uh, so that they can perform for them. And yep. it's the same kind of thing. You're just you're just one of many. You are one of the mighty throng slain in her house. Yep. Uh, so some of the ways she appeals to him. Um, First of all, she kisses him in verse 13, verse 14. Um, I think she's she's clean and innocent now. So she's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm the good girl. I've offered my sacrifices. Uh, so this is all good. Uh, verse 15, I came out to meet you. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want you to disappoint me. You know, I'm, I'm here for you. Uh, well, you've gone to all that trouble. I'd hate to disappoint you. Um, and then in 16 through 17, luxury. Um I think sometimes we are more susceptible to temptation like this when we feel like we deserve a break or we deserve to be treated better. And so we expect some kind of immediate reward for living a good life that, that we sort of hold sin out and immorality as that kind of like you mentioned ice cream earlier. I've been really good on my diet from sexual immorality. So let me reward myself with just a little bit of luxury here um and then this appeals to the narcissist because yeah it's it's they that satan wants us to think all about us all about us yeah and this woman is not thinking about her husband and again is this going to be what kind of relationship is this going to be many are her slain where are those guys why isn't she with those guys it, it, she used the same words, you know, right. she battered it's the same way. She did the same type of battery. Like a fisherman, she knows what works. Right. Where are they? Yeah. She doesn't really care about them. And no, they know what a bag of disaster she is. <laughs> a bag of disaster. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then there's also this appeal in 19 through 20. That they won't get caught. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting in verses uh, six through nine. You know, Solomon imagines he's watching all this. <laughs> well, they won't get caught. No one will see. Here's Solomon up here looking down on the whole thing. Um, 
but it's during the dark, you know, it's in, it's in the evening. Um, he's just wandering around. Uh, there was a brother of mine, uh, brother in Christ. I think, you know, him, um, back in Boston and he, he was a single guy and he would talk about, man, nothing happens good after 10 o'clock. And he's right. You know, like, there's no reason to be out and about, um, you know, it, it's late at night. Everybody else is in bed. And I'm going to pop open my computer and just kind of browse the internet. That's a terrible idea. Like there's that, no, like you're, you're alone. You're in the dark. Absolutely not. Uh, I'm going to go downtown and just hang out and see what happens. No, no, you're not. You're going to stay home and get busy doing something good instead of wandering around waiting for evil to find you. And we're about out of time, but let's get one more verse in here. Uh, our author here, he sees this foolish young man. There's somebody else that sees back in chapter five mm -hmm. when it said, verse 20, why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman? Verse 21 says, for a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. In Hebrews 13, four, let marriage be held in honor among all the bed unfathomable fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Amen. We we look at these topics so much in Proverbs because we're just foolish sometimes when it comes to trying to satisfy our own desires and not seeing that God is intended to bless us by by going about life in a wise way and giving him the honor it's due, uh, living in the fear of the Lord. Uh, and so these are things we just need again and again. Thanks for the, the really helpful discussion today, Scott. And uh, and for those who are listening in, if this discussion has been helpful to you, uh, please pass it along to others. I want to appreciate you for uh, throwing out your thoughts and questions. And we really appreciate uh, the discussion you help us to have uh, through this. So thanks for joining in. God be with you. And if he's willing, uh, we'll see you all next week.